Welcome to Lead with Clarity, where we help you focus on what matters most. I'm your host, Scott Sutherland, and I am here again with my lovely wife, Shondell, Melanie Montgomery, and Alan Anderson. And this is a pleasure. I appreciate this time with you all. And I'll tell you what I learned from it is a lot. So today we're going to actually start with Scott Sutherland's uh, story because we are talking about recession proofing your business. And this is uh, the why in steady. And so what we're talking about is how do we be steady when there is so much chaos around us? And we don't know if we're going to be in a recession by the time this recording comes out, but we know that we are giving you principles to navigate through any really hard time. So Melanie, why don't you quickly just list what are the steps uh, to recession-proofing your business via the Shondell Group model? Absolutely. So our acronym is STEADY. Simplify everything, train, teach, and invest in talent, elevate structure, attitude is everything, double down on culture, and your leadership first. Yeah. And these, we believe that if people will do this, they can actually make it through a lot of difficult times. And these are just basically what we do with our clients. And so this time we're talking about your leadership first. What we mean by that is leaders, you have to go first. We You can't, my mama used to say, don't do what I do, do, do as I say, not as I do. And that uh, is funny because it's impossible. We are going to watch what other people do. And so in our last one, so be sure and go back and listen to our previous podcast. But Scott, you gave such a great example um, about how when you were trying to really change the culture, what we call double down on your culture, um, you as the leader had to go first. And do you want to just recap that story really quick for our listeners? They can always go listen to the whole thing, but just a real quick high level of how you led first your team. Yeah, well, the wake up call for me was that how quickly I presented the values to the, to the team in a staff meeting. And then within the same week, crossed the line. I broke one of the values right away. And so I had to go to the staff member and apologize, ask that person to forgive me because I had crossed the line. I put her in a real awkward place as well as the patient. I went to the patient as well ask the patient to forgive me. And, and so I made a real serious concerted effort to, to show my team that, yeah, these things are really important. And I knew that if the changes were going to be made in the office, it really did need to start with me leading that example. And Scott, if you'll remember, the question I asked in the last podcast was how many additional times did you break or not follow those values. Do you recall right. what you said? Uh, well, I said none, but actually I did do it again. And again, I had to, I owned it. And, um, and you know, for me, I, I didn't feel like that was a failure. I also felt like it was an opportunity. It was just another opportunity for me to model exactly what I wanted in my office because I wanted people to take ownership. I wanted them to be responsible, personally responsible for if, if they did cross the line, that they do what needed to be done to make amends. The reason I asked that question, Scott, and you're being overly honest, or, or I should say accurately honest, but the, the muscle memory you made to now start living the values was pretty quick. Instead of having a culture of 
gossip or even saying, well, hey, this person doesn't really do this. And so I don't want you to do that. We probably can justify the gossip or putting a poor light on someone. And I think for us, what's so special about this, especially in light of the study model and especially in light of us going first, really as leaders, we're saying, hey, it starts with you, is that not only did you model it for your team, but more importantly, you changed your behavior that was years in the making to within a week or two, you quickly got this new value system in play. It's almost as though as leaders, we can give ourselves a pass. And so we try to not tolerate someone not following our values, but then what do we do? We mm -hmm. tolerate it in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so special about what you said, Scott, is that you had a real it's not what I preach. It's what I tolerate. And you didn't tolerate anything other than truly living your values. That's special. Mm, that's so good. Right on, Alan. So Melanie, um, building on what Scott's example of leaders go first, what are some of the other things that uh, leaders could put into action as they really want their leadership to matter and to lead their team through even a recession or any hard time? Yeah, I think that what what Alan and Scott have been talking about is so important. As a leader, it's it's not about being perfect, it's being authentic and it's about being genuine. A lot of times we feel like we have to have all the right answers and we have to be perfect all the time and we can't make mistakes. But in reality, people don't always want to follow a robot. They don't want to follow someone who's perfect. They want to follow someone who is real. And when we talk about leadership, I think there's an important distinction between being a manager and being a leader, which is people follow a manager because they have to, where people follow a leader because they want to. And so if we're a manager who's also a leader, people are following our direction because they believe in us, because they see that we're following our values, that we're genuine and authentic. Versus just that we're their boss and if they don't do it, we say, then they're going to be in trouble. And so as we're really looking at leadership, are you being the person that you would want to follow? Are you being someone who is genuine and who is real? Because that's really what we want to see. We want to we follow someone who makes us feel valued and cared for as a person, as an individual. Um, and not just someone who recites these different pieces that they, they want us to do. And so I think we really just have to learn uh, to just be ourselves, be genuine, talk about um, the mistakes that we make. Because when we can admit a mistake to our team, they're looking around feeling like, okay, now it's comfortable and it's safe for me to bring up something, maybe ask a question or admit to something that I did wrong because it's an environment where, where that's safe to do so. Yeah. And that's not an easy environment to create. And I think that's why um, one of the things that we talk about really investing in yourself and your leadership is so that you can get that kind of self-awareness feedback and encouragement to really be real and authentic. It's hard. And I also think that as people begin to invest in that, um, development for themselves and learning to be real and bring their best self and their heart self that they also invest in their team's leadership. So what are the things, if you think about a leader going first, what are some of the things that they need to do to really go first? I think that, you know, number one, we keep talking about this, the, the clarity report, 
which Mm -hmm. is that we really have to understand who we are and how we show up. Um, What are our characteristics that we lean into and how are those different from those around us and really have awareness of what we do well and what our opportunities are and consistently look at developing those things. Um, And we have to really look at those from that growth mindset to say, you know, I'm not perfect. I do have room to grow and I'm going to focus my energy on that growth. Um, and show my team that it's okay to take those steps forward um, and to really show up and and continuously improve and continuously grow. Mm, that's so good. And I know even for myself, when um, I was time for me to take this little sabbatical, um, I didn't realize how, uh, you know, both my clarity report with being a high eye and wanting to, everyone to like me. Uh, I also have an Enneagram too. I'm getting, I'm getting trained uh, in that with teams and my, my propensity to be helpful got in the way of me delegating. And so for me to really realize, and Melanie, you were a big part of this, what you're here is like, I just, I want to be helpful to people. And sometimes that meant me not being helpful by help having others help me. And so I had a big awareness and, and putting my leadership first, realizing that my greatest strengths can sometimes get in the way if it's not elevating the team and letting them all step up and step in. But that meant a lot of self-awareness for me. And so I think the amount of energy that I'm investing in myself is actually now investing in my team and their learning and their development. And um, I think it's really hard for leaders sometimes to do that, but man, is it rewarding. It's glorious. Yeah, definitely. I think that it can be so hard. That first step of saying, I'm not perfect, um, mm-hmm. you know, coming from that, that world where, where you think that you have to be perfect, you think that you have to have all the answers and admitting that to yourself and other people is such a struggle. But once you, once you get over that, that barrier, um, there's so much that you can do and grow. And it's so impactful that the changes that you can make um, within yourself, you can increase your happiness and just um, be a better leader, be a better person. Yeah. Ellen, why don't you share a couple examples of where you have seen leaders go first and where you have seen them not go first? Like where do you, where do you see it positive and give us an example of where it has not worked and you're, they're still paying the price for that. The greatest of leaders. I mean, the best of the best, the, the leader that the four of us are striving to be. I'm certain that the people listening to this, that, that they're striving to be this. We want, people to not only hear our intent, but feel valued, cared for, and steady in the process. And so I think on the flip side of that, instead of, instead of someone saying, ah, I'm ready to not be the CEO anymore, we're just going to hire somebody. And what the rest of the organization hears is, man, they just want to let go and mm-hmm. not have all this pain or strain. On the flip side is the statement, and we, we've seen a, a really uh, near and dear CEO to, to us, especially in particular, you and I, Shondell, say, I see that if we keep growing the way that we're growing, not just with people, not just with profits, not just in our capabilities, I'm probably going to coach myself out of a job. We always mm-hmm. tell our teams, coach up or coach out. And I think there's a third category with the CEOs who are essentially coaching themselves out because everything's working. Communication, high. 
understanding of the objectives, it's very high. There's very little guesswork. And I think that's the piece that I really want us to lean into as leaders is let's make sure when we state something that even comes across as humble, that even comes across as intending the best for the organization, the real intent there is, hey, at the right time, I'm willing for someone who has a greater competence or a greater capacity or a greater capability than myself to take over. Just because I'm the CEO or I'm the founder, I don't have to be the person, so to speak. And I think that's, that's the real heart or the real attitude behind what we're talking about here is how do we make sure that as we go first, the message is right-sized so that the hearers, whether you have 20 people or 2,000, you increase the likelihood that what they hear is, oh, I have a leader who's not only humble, but who's steady. They're not just going to be absent and let go and abdicate the responsibility. And instead, at the right time, um, I may even work myself out of a job. And, and I think that's the real piece that we're talking about here is how do we help people make sure that, that the senior leaders, and, and that's why we start with senior leaders, not because we're too good for entry level or anything like that, nonsense we realize that the, the, the people signing the paycheck of the engagement or the contract that we're partnering with them, if they're not bought in, good luck on the rest of the organization bought in. And same thing with attitude. If they're not leading with an attitude of humility and, hey, at the right time, we may go get someone else. I'm not going to leave anyone high and dry. We're going to do this together. We, we're a people-centric organization. I think those are the components that it, it almost seems like the same thing on the surface, but in reality, it's felt viscerally very different. One creates a sense of, oh man, almost absenteeism or abdicating responsibilities versus the other one is perceived as care and looking to grow and, and coaching oneself up or out uh, in a healthy sort of way. That's good. So a few of the other things, which is so good um, as we're thinking about bringing leaders and going first is you got to try new things. You know, doing hard things is super important for you to be modeling. And because we get, especially when we get into recession or we're having issues or problems or whatever, we do not want to do the hard things. And I think as we're trying to say, we try hard things, we do hard things. And then most importantly, you got to know your one thing. And that is a book that we use and a concept that we love is what is the one thing? What is your purpose? What are you going after? And what do you want your team to be going after? And um, another point that we're strong in is that, man, you have got to empower your team to serve. And when we talk about that, it's kind of our serve model. So we have um, a newsletter series on that, but it's basically talking that every executive, every leader, every manager needs to be serving the people that are underneath them, starting with you. And the serve model goes self-awareness. So your self-awareness, self-awareness, self-awareness. And we always say clarity report, Enneagram, whatever reports you can get to give you that self-awareness and coaching, of course. And the E is really talking about as a leader, you've got to uh, extend trust. It's all about building trust. And you usually are the one that has to go first. So that's why we really use that word extending trust um, because we often have been burned as leaders. And so we have to be the one to always lead. And then the R stands for real, real connection and leaders. It's um, you got to humble yourself 
and really take the time to get to know people and kind of like what Alan was talking about and Melanie and Scott, that authenticness about you has got to be the thing you connect with. And the V is always leading the vision. So another things we think the leaders really need to do is you got to be vision oriented and focused and bring your people around to that positive um, vision of what you have. And then the last E is really empowering your team. And I think that is where we get really passionate about coming alongside you as a leader. Um, We have leadership labs. uh, We have different areas that we can really help uh, with delegation and listening and uh, performance planning. And just the list goes on and on of the things that Shondell Group can help. But but in any case, we've got to empower your team. And then you've got to be patient during this time. Like, don't make hasty decisions. Don't look at that. Don't look at the news or the stock market or different things and make hasty decisions. Make those decisions um, in a very responsive versus reactive way so that you can lead your team um, in a very calm, confident, vision-focused manner. Um, Anyone else have anything to add to that little list? I think one thing to add that really changed my leadership was that you know, I moved from being the the doer, the knower to being the facilitator. And mm-hmm. I realized that my job isn't to have all the answers. It's not to make all the decisions, but it's really to facilitate that within my team and help them to elevate, to be able to do all of those things with my support. Mm-hmm. So good. All right, Alan, what do you got for us? That's really good. And actually mine dovetails perfectly into that. And you reminding us of the serve model in that what precedes all of this is our own purpose. And that's why we start with one thing, because our purpose Mm -hmm. as an individual can absolutely be tied and nine times out of 10 should be tied to our professional world. And we, we just, we live in a segmented society that forgets that at times. And we try to almost run parallel lives that don't actually overlap. And so if we can get back to, what's your purpose and why are you even doing what you're doing, then that's going to really greatly help reinforce these principles you're sharing. Mm -hmm. Okay, Melanie, Mm -hmm. it looks like it's time to lay on this plane. And I bet you have a great list of things that our uh, leaders can take to go first and apply after listening to this podcast. Goodness, there are so many takeaways, but I'm going to try to summarize them the best that I can. Okay. Um, So really starting with purpose as a leader, knowing your purpose and what you're there for and and just leaning into that and remembering it's not about being perfect. It's about being authentic and genuine, Um, making sure that your team feels valued and cared for, because at the end of the day, that's what's really important. Um, moving forward, focusing on a, a growth mindset, looking at opportunities instead of challenges, and really just finding new ways to grow and develop. Um, and our serve model, which is all about serving others and empowering your team um, and focusing on your vision and really getting those relationships um, with your team members. And then lastly, having a pulse on your organization and really seeing what impact are you having And is that matching your intent? That was beautiful, Melanie. And the only thing I would add is just the celebration that we have when we can be real. Like when Scott was sharing about 
um, going first and how he did not, he broke a value, but he was went back and fixed it. And he was an example to his team. That is so absolutely essential in going first as leaders. So thank you for joining us and the Shondell Group team here. You can find us at shondellgroup.com. Um, everybody on this has a little video vlog that's happening on our website under Cavu. So we hope that you will catch us all. And until we meet again, be the best you can be today.